Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to episode five of the Rockman Power Hour. Uh, we're really, really happy to have you with us. And uh, again, this has been so much fun. Um, a, a dream come true for all of us to be able to bring episodes like this to you every week. Uh, and we appreciate all the positive response that we've been getting uh, from all the past episodes. And uh, make sure you catch up on all the other ones. If you haven't heard them yet, they're available now on our YouTube page, or you can uh, simply download them on whatever podcast streaming service you use. We're on all of them. I want to welcome my co-host, Ryan Stick. What's going on, buddy? Hey, dude. How's it going, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm freaked out because um, we both saw Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Yes, we City. did. <laughs> and that was way more terrifying than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh, you know what? For sure. And just right off the bat, I know it's the beginning of the episode, but just to yeah. say, everybody out there is just like, why do they reboot things? Why do they remake things? Is Mila Jovovich in this? I, I've been looking up this movie since seeing it and uh, facts about it and facts about the game because I never really played the games. And this is the most like if you want to take the video game in a straight adaption, this is yeah. actually an adaption. Yeah. Those, uh, those movies from uh, the late 90s and uh, early 2000s, those were kind of like their own thing. It was actually kind of a prequel to the game. But Alice uh, Mila Jovovich's character was never even in the video games ever. Right. Right. Yeah. So this is like a straight up adaption of uh, the first uh, game or two, I believe. And it's uh, it's kind of astounding the amount of effort when it comes down to the characters, the production design, everything. It's kind of amazing. We're living in a world now where uh, people really take uh, the IP seriously and yeah. the lore seriously and how different it is from the 2000s when they usually take video games in name only and then make it into a movie as opposed to now. Yeah, where it's like, you know, hey, we want to get it down to the sweater. Well, it's like the 2000 mm. X-Men movie. You know, you watch that and mm. it's great. We're all excited. It's an X-Men movie. But now they wouldn't even think twice about putting Wolverine uh, in a yellow and blue or black costume or, you know, or a brown and beige costume, whatever costume, because they would care so much about it. And it's such a great point you bring up. Like the IPs now are treated with so much respect. You know, last week we spoke about Cowboy Bebop, uh, the new series on Netflix. And, and I mean, God, talk about paying attention to the IP if that would have been, been done you know 20 years ago and I know Cowboy Bebop came out in 98 but if that would have been done 20 years ago you know Spike Spiegelman wouldn't have been in a blue jacket with a big yellow collar he would have been in like some black leather remember when all the superheroes were just all wearing black leather costumes like it's it, it we're, we're beyond that now and it's great and it, what you say is so true I mean Resident Evil fans of the game I think are going to their minds are going to be blown when they see this because everyone I'm talking to all are all saying the same thing. Is there the mansion? Is there the police precinct? And I'm like, yes and yes. So <laughs> I think this is something that people have been waiting a long time for. Before we get too far ahead, Ryan, um, I do want to uh, thank this week's sponsor, Playground Poker. Um, Playground Poker are an incredible, incredible sponsor to have. Uh, they've been just nothing but great. They've even invited us to come down and play some poker, which um, I think is pretty comical when I think of you and I trying to play poker. I mean, I, I know <laughs> I could have a good poker face, but I'm sure I would just get washed out right away. But um, if you are into uh, poker, uh, Playground Pokers is located right over the Mercier Bridge, about 15 minutes away from Montreal. Um, downtown Montreal, I should say. And uh, they're just they're just a wonderful place. I always say, you know, going to Vegas would be fun, but you can go to Vegas right here in Montreal by just crossing over the Mercier Bridge. Um, they've got over 40 poker tables, uh, over 500 slot machines, and they offer free beverages, non-alcoholic and alcoholic to all people that are playing. And uh, right now, the poker bad beat jackpot 
is over $500,000. And uh, Ryan, if you're a smoker, you know, that's the other big allure about going <laughs> to Vegas, right? Like you can smoke at, in the casinos yeah. and stuff. They have got a uh, fully properly ventilated and separated from the general gaming floor smoking area where you can actually smoke, which is a big plus for a lot of people that do smoke. So that's, that's true, man. Yeah. You know, I want to go in there with my cigar and lose everything. <laughs> I, I'm going to go in there with some Popeye cigarettes and just pretend I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also a free valet service and it's open 24 seven and on-site dining too. Uh, if you want more information, just go check out playground.ca and uh, they are a wonderful, wonderful sponsor to have. So we want to thank them again for sponsoring this week's episode. Um, so resident evil. Yeah. We, uh, we briefly touched on the fact that, you know, there's been a tremendous amount of attention paid to the IP, but I, I was literally scared watching this and I didn't expect yeah. to be at all. And that's the worst. That's almost the best way to be scared, but it's the worst way to be scared because you're really scared. But I was really scared. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, uh, you brought up a really good point before about how adaptions back in the day would have been like, they would have been too scared to put Wolverine in yellow spandex and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of after Batman and Robin happened and the colossal failure of that they're like, all costumes have to go. And, yeah. and, and this is stupid and let's make it cool. Cause that yeah. it worked with blade. They're like, just put them in matrix outfits. And, <laughs> and the thing is with movies and action movies is they're like, everything has to be like the matrix. Every character has to be an unstoppable killing machine. And, yeah. uh, what's, what's interesting about this video game in this movie, it's really about survival. Like nobody, every human is average. They could be a good shot, but everybody is in danger and if a horde of zombies gets on you you can't do a slow motion backflip yeah over <laughs> bullets you're dead <laughs> yeah well that's it and it's yeah you know i, I don't want to give anything away but mm. yeah man it's pretty brutal <laughs> so so um we've we're, we're lucky this week to have on uh, on the rockman power hour robbie amell and um now this he's an interesting guy because you, you we, we we've talked about Robbie Amell at length and um, he's someone that's kind of come up and had to do that pretty boy dance. And you know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about, where you're oh, you're just this good looking guy who's like, mm. you know, but man, he has passed over that. And now he's really mm. showing that he's got some acting chops and and that I think he's going to I think he's here to stay. And I think he's got a lot to give the acting world. Uh, and 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 movies and television because he's proving it everything he takes on he's knocking out of the park and uh, you, you know in in the um in the interview today we chatted about some of the other projects he's doing but in resident evil i mean he delivers and he's convincing but he's also you know th there's just something about him that you, you just kind of want to root for him you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah, Robbie Amell, I've seen him in tons of roles over the years. I mean, he played uh, he played Fred in some lesser-known live-action Scooby-Doo movies. He was hilarious <laughs> in The Babysitter. Like, I yeah, think that's yeah. one of... He was, he's really funny. So as soon as they stopped making him just like, you know, uh, a stand-in pretty boy uh, and started giving him something funny to do, he's great at that too. What you're going to get out of this interview, everybody, when you hear it, is that he is a fan like us and he's a fan of resident evil and a large part of the casting and him being in it is that they wanted to do the video game right. And yeah, I think they did. And yeah. he's, and, and he's, he's really likable, you know, he's Canadian, right? So come on, let's face yeah. it. Like most Canadians are, are fairly humble and, and, um, you know, unless you're Drake, <laughs> I don't think we're yeah, gonna... <laughs> handsome Robbie Mel right now is on a mountain somewhere chopping down trees and saving 
like puppies from fires and stuff. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. Yeah. And then killing zombies. But he's uh, what I like about him S- selling uh, paper towels. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bounty. Uh, what, <laughs> what I like about him is that he's. Um, you can tell that he's 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 getting to he's getting a stride now. Like people are going to start calling him for things. And and you're right when he, when when we saw when I saw upload. Um, he's really good in upload and that's a whole other side of him that I never even knew he had. So we, we touched on that when we chatted. Um, but I think as far as the resident evil thing and his, in his, his role in this, um, I think he delivers and I think he's convincing and, you know, I was really genuinely impressed with this movie overall. I mean, I thought the cast was good. Um, you know, I thought they delivered what they needed to do. Um, and you know, when you're going into a resident evil movie, even if it's a reboot, you're not looking for Oscar quality, anything, but I I thought for the type of movie it was, it was really done well. And you know, there's so many movies like this that are being done now with the zombie theme, Ryan, you know, that, um, there's this, this, you know, this, that genre has just been mined and, um, and people continue mining it and mining it. But it was good. It was good. It was fun. But what impressed me the most was I actually got scared. Yeah. It's a horror movie first and not just action porn like the old ones. And the old ones, if you're a fan of them, mm-hmm. it's all good. But after The Matrix, that's what people are really into. They're really into big, huge, enormous, apocalyptic stuff. And that's where the movies really go. But this is very self-contained. This is kind of like instead of like living in a, the biggest zombie apocalypse you've ever seen where tanks will explode. What happens when a small town gets an infection mm. and there's a mysterious thing happening with a corporation and uh, being quarantined? Something I think we all can kind of relate to a lot more than we've ever had in our entire lives. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite topical right now. Um, anything to do with any kind of a virus or anything spreading or anybody <laughs> having to stay away. I mean, that you yeah. know, the fear of God has been in everybody over the last eighteen or nineteen months or twenty months or however long it's been. So, yeah, it's very yeah. It, it, it's kind of good timing for it as well. Um, yeah, and and you know, I I like the fact that the Umbrella Corporation and all that, like that that imagery of the Umbrella Corporation and the logo has been kind of it's it's super popular now in pop culture. I mean, let, let's remember that the resident evil movies um as a franchise have grossed like i think we were talking about like over a billion dollars i mean they've grossed a lot of money so i was kind of happy when you know there's those scenes in the orphanage where they you know you see the umbrella corporation posters and stuff and that made me say oh okay so we're still keeping things kind of like you know if you're a fan of the other ones you're not going to come into this and be disappointed if anything you're going to you're going to enjoy the fresh outlook on it and if you're a fan of the game you're going to be so happy that this has finally been done justice. Hey, you know, what's really funny about the umbrella corporation and this movie is that, uh, it has Tom Hopper from the umbrella Academy. Oh and, uh, yes, it's true. He, so, oh, yeah. 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 So it's really cool to see that actor not walking around with hulking gorilla arms <laughs> yeah. and just appreciate his hulking human arms, which dude's big. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, with the, Without the uh, without the ape update, he uh, is still pretty much uh, a, a large, intimidating man. He but, is. Uh, yeah, he is. that was really cool, and I love that actor too. So it was really cool to see him spread his wings, play uh, not just like the quintessential superhero with uh, a traumatic superhero, but also kind of a you know kind of a dick this time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and H- Hannah John Kamen, um, you know, we know her from Ant Man and the Wasp. She was great in that. She was great in this. And uh, and then there's there's this other actor. Okay. That is in this. And, uh, he, he's someone that kind of, 
you've seen him in a million things, but you don't necessarily know his name. And uh, that's Neil McDonough. And I hope I'm saying that right. Right. Neil McDonough. Um, oh, yeah. No, he's awesome. Yeah. Dude. And he kind of looks a bit like your dad. <laughs> a little bit. A little does bit. Like he looks like, does that mean he, he looks, looks like he me looks too? a bit like you? Yeah. But yeah. now, when you, when he, see, it's funny. He comes on screen and I'm like, mm. that dude, I've seen him in so many things. And it's, you know, those, those actors that come into a movie and you're like, I'm really glad you're in this. I don't know who you are, but I know your work. And I'm just, it's kind of like Keith David, you know, Keith mm. David's another one of those actors. Keith yeah. David has been in fucking everything, man. The guy is, you know, he's been in, he's been in two of my favorite movies of all time. They live and the thing, but he's been in so mm. many things. He's, his voice has been in so many things. And when he comes on screen, you're like, and I'm sure that's why casting agents use these, these actors. Yeah. Because they come on screen and there's something comforting about them. It's like, ah, I know that guy. Or I know that girl. She's been in this. She's been in that. And you just feel, so when they, when that, when I saw that guy in the movie, um, who's got a pretty important part, uh, I was like, yeah, this is great. I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm into this. So and you wanted to talk about the music. How about we go to Robbie's yeah. interview and then we leave everybody waiting. Cause I got some stunning facts about the music in this movie. Yeah. That we were, I can't, I I can't we, wait to see you pop for because it's uh it's something else. Yeah, because we were both talking about the, the way they use music in this movie was just phenomenal. But um, yeah. all right. But anyway, without any further ado, uh, this is our chat with Robbie ML from Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Good. I watched the movie last night. Cool. Um, so. I, I, I went in really cold because I mean, I did watch some of the earlier movies, but then I watched it uh, and realized this is a complete reboot, which um, I think is great because, you know, someone who might be coming into the Resident Evil franchise and not knowing anything. I watched the first few movies. My wife's a massive fan of the Resident Evil franchise. We've got the box set at home. Um, she's I think she's looking up great to 4K. So when she heard there was a new Resident Evil movie, she was excited. But of course, this being a screener, I had to watch it on my own. Um, and I, I really, really was scared. I mean, I was watching this thing fairly <laughs> late and this thing scared the shit out of me. Great. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> now the fact that this gives you pleasure kind of concerns me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's resident evil. I, I grew up on the games. One of my earliest childhood video game memories are the dogs jumping through the window and yeah. scaring the shit out of me. So I think the movie should be scary. And, um, I think. I look, I'm a huge fan of the original movies as well. My buddy Sean Roberts played Wesker in them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen every one of them. Yeah. I have a great time in them. Um, but what's cool about our movie is that, you know, it it is an adaptation of Resident Evil 1 and 2. It's it's much more true to the to the games. I think if if you grew up on the games or if you played the games, you're gonna lose your mind. And if yeah. you haven't, it's a cool '90s zombie movie that happens to be a little scarier than than most will expect it to be. Well, that's the thing, you know. I I remember watching some of the other Resident Evil movies, not being that scared, being, eh, you know. But this, I was really scared. And my son, who's seventeen, my son's seventeen, and he's into retro. Like he calls it retro gaming. I mean, for us, it's like maybe retro gaming, but yeah, for him, it's retro gaming. And he said, "Dad, I've got to see this. This is everyone's buzzing about how this is so." game accurate so um oh, that's cool that's yeah. super cool that means a lot to me and i know it means a lot to johannes roberts our director because our first meeting we just geeked out for an hour talking about the games and his adaptation and i mean 
he went to Capcom and got the blueprints for the, the mansion and the police station. Like he wanted it to be accurate and he wanted to deliver on the adaptation that he knew, you know, the gamers wanted. And I think he delivered, I mean, the movie every, every week for me going to set, you know, every two or three times a week, I would be like, Oh shit, no way. Like this is right out of the game. My first time standing in the mansion was like, it's, so perfect and then there's things that are just in the background too like there's a lot of stuff that's right there but there's a lot of stuff that's just in the back i think people that watch it two or three times are going to be like i you know there's that new thing right and and you know you you talk about the dog um and you know there's there's just something about these zombies that um they're really really scary because they're it seems like they can go anywhere and there's no rules like you know with a lot of zombies there's you know, you're going to get bit, you're going to rise up, you're going to go after someone. But these zombies seem to be able to go in a lot of different directions, depending on who you're dealing with, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of the thing where like, some of my favorite movies, um, zombie movies are the older ones, like the original Dawn of the Dead, mm, where they're in yeah. the mall. Yeah. It's a great movie. But, you know, as you saw with the 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 remake, the zombies have to get smarter and faster because they're just not that scary anymore. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a different time. So I think, I think what Johannes did really well with, with welcome to raccoon city is he stayed true to the adaptation and he said it in the nineties, which we can take some liberties with. So like just with technology, which I well, actually think helps. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. And it's a, it's a little bit of, you just, you can get away with a little bit more. It's great for the music. I think the mu- mm. music in the movie is awesome. Um, but then he made the zombies, you know, more aggressive than they are in the game. And that's not to say that, you know, the game's easy or anything, but like, because if you get swarmed, there's not much you can do in the game because the controls aren't that great. Right. But like <laughs> he made, he, he upped the stakes and he made things faster and stronger and scarier. And I think it lives, you know, it lives better today. Um, the, you know, you talk about it being set in the nineties and, uh, you know, I, I host a show in Montreal radio show. And one of the hours that we have every night is called the nineties at nine. And I mean, I'm a big nineties fan. So yes, the music spoke to me. What else spoke to me was the technology. I don't remember the last time I saw Palm pilot. I know. I know <laughs> when they pulled it out, I was like, Oh, cool. Like a real Palm pilot. <laughs> I, I know. And it was just, it, so, so there are things that immediately bring you into a certain place, which I think is, is, is great. Um, but you know, like you touched on someone like myself going in completely cold versus someone who's a fan of the game, who knows the game. I think when my son sees this, he's going to come back to me and go, dad, this is so accurate. So I think you guys have succeeded on that level. So I commend you. you guys for that. Um, I've talked to Hannah John before um, when I was doing stuff for the Man of the Wasp. She's wonderful. And she's awesome. Right off the bat, she comes, you know, comes on screen and she's a badass. <laughs> yeah. She's, uh, I'm a huge fan of Man of the Wasp. I'm a huge fan of hers. And mm. she just delivered. She was awesome. She was also just super cool, super down to earth. The whole cast was. We got really lucky. I mean, it, it was. It seems like you guys had a lot shoot. of fun. We did. It was a weird time to shoot because it was pretty prime COVID time. Yeah. Um, but we were all in a bubble together and we were very lucky to be to be working at the time. But I mean, everyone was just super cool and everybody was excited about making something. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where you're making it and every kind, everybody kind of felt like we were making something pretty cool and delivering on 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 what people wanted. So it was a good time. 
Um, you've had, you know, a lot of success and a lot of people talking about upload. Um, oh, because thanks. this is seeing you in a completely different light. You know, it's, it's, um, it, and it's, it's nice to see that you, it's nice to see that you can really, that, like, you've got a wide spectrum of, 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 you know, ways you can go when you act. You're not, you're not, you're not just this thanks. one guy. So, uh, I, and I know we're here to talk about, um, to talk about welcome to Raccoon City, but I have to talk a bit about upload. I mean, sure. It must be fun for you to be able to flex different acting muscles. Oh man. I mean, upload's amazing because I get to work with Greg Daniels. I'm such a huge fan of his parks and rec and the office. The guy is an absolute genius. And, um, it's just one of those things where I get to say words that are very well written mm. and very well thought out. and he's so good at blending these genres and at the end of the day, you know, I just, I'm able to relate to what he writes very well. He's, you know, it, I always think that how hard it is to memorize something is, is a good depiction of how good the writing is. Yeah. And that's not always true because I'm sure like, you know, Aaron Sorkin type stuff, paragraphs and paragraphs of dialogue takes a little longer, but that's not to say it's not good writing because he's absolutely incredible, but like Greg has this conversational way of writing that is still so captivating and so funny mm. um, that you just pick up so quickly. And, and it's hard to explain, but you know, getting to work with him is just kind of an actor's dream. He's super collaborative. He has no ego, even though he's wildly successful and always the smartest person in the room. Yeah. But uh, I've just been really lucky to to get to be a part of that show. Um, I, I don't want to give anything away when it comes to um, Welcome to Raccoon City, but there seems to be a possibility of there maybe being more. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you know, uh, if the movie isn't successful, then you never get a sequel. But right. if the movie's successful, I think that it has been teed up for more. Um, I know that everybody had a blast doing it. Um, you know, the producers that were a part of it from Sony and from Constantine Films, who are, you know, kind of the heads of the Resident Evil. Yeah, they've been world. there since since ground since ground zero. Yeah. They were great and it felt like they, you know, really liked what we were doing. And I know Johannes was, you know, this was a big deal for him and he's a big fan of the the source material. So uh, all I can say is I, you know, I hope it does well and I hope we get to do more. Uh, we, you know, we talked about the scares and, and there legitimately are some really scary. And I watch a lot of scary stuff. Okay. I'm like, I'm a horror movie buff. I, I kind of was like from the beginning, I was like, man, like, I don't know if it's the sound design. I don't know if it's the, if it's the, the, the way the jump scares are designed, but this is starting to really creep me out. And then I had to take a bit of a break because I was traveling and I, I got back and then I watched the rest. And then I was really alone. Like everybody was asleep and I was alone on my laptop with my headphones on and I started really getting freaked out. Um, <laughs> what, what, when you were growing up, what were the, what were the scary movies that you remember that stay with you? Like I can tell you mine was, was the only. Oh, okay. Um, Jaws yeah. just messed me up as far as water goes. Um, <laughs> did, did it really? <laughs> everyone. Every, I mean, anyone that watched Jaws was like, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> swimming anytime soon. Um, uh, I really enjoyed you know, some of the classics, like I just, the shining just from like a 
just from a movie standpoint, but yeah. it never really was a movie that stood out as scary. You know, it's a really weird one that just hit me oddly was the movie signs. Mm, yeah. Where the alien walks past the hedges and yeah. it's like that home video sort of, that was like that image just kind of ingrained itself in well, be- my head for a little while. Because it's real. Like yeah. it, it feels real because it's not, it's not beautifully shot, beautifully lit. It's just, it's crappy, but it's realistic. It's something, you know, that you could, and that's to, sometimes to me, less is more. So when you watch something like. For sure. The imagination is way scarier than anything you can shoot. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I think why Resident Evil, um, Welcome to Raccoon City got me was that I, a, for A, it seems like you guys use tons of practical. There didn't seem to be a mm-hmm. ton of CGI, which I always find a lot more um is more believable it's more it just hits you more more hands-on too right but there but the sound design i mean the sound design it's it's and no one talks about these guys and girls oh no sound is so important wildly important it is um i mean a, a a sound is going to cue the scare before you know it visually happens yeah and the tension that builds before mm. that moment is all sound design and um, score. And yeah, it, can't, can't, can't say enough great things about um, everyone involved on that end on Raccoon City. Uh, I'm a massive superhero fan. Uh, you know, I, I, I know you were really involved with The Flash, uh, but when are you coming over to the MCU? We got to get you, we gotta <laughs> oh, get you over to the MCU. I'm in. Yeah, make a call for me. I'm in. I'll do it. I'm, I don't care who it is. You know, it, it, I used to be like, I really want to be this superhero. I want to be yeah. this superhero. But like, it's funny. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy was one of my favorite movies. And I didn't know much about the Guardians of the Galaxy before it happened. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Thor as a superhero until Ragnarok. And I thought that Taika Waititi just directed the shit out of the movie. And yeah turned it into something that is now, you know, debatably my favorite MCU movie. So um, it's funny. I, I would, uh, if, if Marvel called, I would pick, I would pick up the phone immediately and I would just say, yes, I don't care who the, I don't care who the superhero is. I think it's coming. I mean, listen, let's be, Thanks, if, I appreciate it. <laughs> I think you'd be great in the MCU. Um, Thank well, look, you. listen, um, welcome to raccoon city is a lot of fun. Um, it scared the hell out of me. And that says a lot because I watch a lot of scary shit. So, um, I'm kudos to you. Kudos to the entire team and, uh, continued success, man. I'd love to see more of these. And, and I'm really, really happy. You know, we, we spoke a few years back, uh, at Ottawa comic-con and very uh, cool. All right. Yeah. And, and I always, you know, I always knew that, you, you know, you just had this way about you where you're very personal and I imagine you're probably really, really easy to work with. So I, I hope, I hope people keep, giving you stuff because you you deliver like you know when i saw upload i was like there's more to this guy like he can really oh, thank do different you. stuff so um congratulations a lot i really appreciate it and that. i mean it i really mean it because i watch a lot thank of you. stuff you know and um <laughs> and and it's and it's i i'm obviously i'm always cheering for fellow canadians you know but for sure but but it's uh but uh, but really man um you know for for someone who went in not knowing anything about the game um i knew it was different from the other resident evil movies and a tip of the cap to you guys for 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 killing it and and for scaring me because that's not Great. easy to do so thank um you. i wish you nothing but continued success and thanks for taking the time to chat today you too thanks a lot jason all right man 
Dude, what a nice guy. Like, I was kind of hoping he would be a total asshat considering how pretty he is. Like, I can sleep better at night knowing those insanely pretty people are, you know, like the princes in Shrek 2. Yeah. <laughs> Just like you know, dicks. I'd be like, yes. well, at least at least I'm nice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, he's he's a, what a nice guy. He's a, he's a really nice guy. And and it's funny because when um, when I was chatting with him after um, Julia, who's our producer on the show, she was she was looking over some of the footage and stuff. And she was like, and I was like, you think? Yeah, I know. I know. It's kind of weird to see like him next to me. I know it's like kind of like here's 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 what went wrong and here's what went right <laughs> but anyways regardless. this is your body on drugs this is your body yeah, this, off. Like, but yeah. but seriously he's such a good dude and um mm. and he's and he's and i'm really i'm i'm excited i'm gen, genuinely excited to see where he's going to go in his career and i'm um i'm also just waiting to see who he's going to get cast in um who's who, who i'm generally and i'm also waiting to see where Marvel's going to cast him. Cause I'm telling you, Marvel's going to come calling for that guy soon. That it, it has to happen. It has to happen. I think him and his Steve and his cousin, they should just Steven. play some sort of, yeah, Steven. I think they should both play some sort of, I don't know, actually ironic role in a Marvel universe. Give them a horn on their head, put some prosthetics <laughs> on them. Let's, let's cover that up. Okay. <laughs> you, you, well, you, and you know, it's funny. Yeah. I, I, and it's kind of something I wanted to avoid talking about at all, because every time, I've heard Robbie Amell being interviewed. Someone's asked him about Stephen Amell, who's his cousin, of course, from Arrow. But like, no, dude, the guy's got his own thing going on. And um, we had him at Comic-Con in Ottawa. And um, he was just such a rad dude. And I remember everybody that met him really, really liked him. So uh, I didn't want to really bring up Stephen Amell because, you know, Stephen's got his own career and, and he's done great. But Robbie's very much on his on his way and doing his own thing. So. I think this is going to cement that too. I think I think a lot of people are going to like Resident Evil. So, um, but you wanted to talk about the music. Oh uh, yeah, dude. Okay, check this out. Before we set this up, let's just say the music in this movie is awesome. Has a real yeah. John Carpenter feel. This movie yeah. takes place in the '90s, so there's not cell phones everywhere. Yeah. Um, and also, there's kind of a flashback in the beginning that I assume would take place in the begin in the early '80s, given right. the time difference. Now the in that flashback, it really kind of felt like a uh, prom night two or a Halloween three or a, yeah. you know, kind of that slow still feel. And I'm like, this composer is like my spirit animal. Like I really feel like he gets it. So as I look up his name right now, and I saw the work he did all of a sudden, everything makes a lot of sense. So his name's Mark Horvin. And some yeah. of the highlights he has worked on is the witch. Oh, wow. Okay. The the lighthouse. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like the music so much. I know. I'm like, oh my god, this is Jason's dude. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Crazy. And he has about 81 other credits uh, that I can go through, but it's going to take forever. He's even worked on the Twilight Zone in the '90s uh, TV yeah. show. It's it's crazy that how much he gets it, and that's a that's a type of dude. Someday I just want to hear from because he definitely. You know, you know that when you're inspired by John Carpenter, but you're not kind of you're not copying him. It's not plagiarism. It's kind of like you know you can be inspired by the feel, but at the same time, it's not note for note. And it's just yeah. like, come on, yeah, dude, get your own ideas. He clearly has his own ideas because oh the, yeah, because the witch and the lighthouse are insane. So what I love about um about Robert Eggers as a director is uh you know and he of course he's you know responsible for the witch and responsible for the lighthouse. Uh, he just has this way to, to just bring that Gothic feel out of everything. And, um, 
I was so obsessed with the lighthouse, Ryan, that when Julia and I went to, um, we took a, a, a trip to the Gatsby Z, we did a, like a lighthouse tour. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wanted to, and then we found this one lighthouse that was like up on this cliff that you could stay in the lighthouse operators quarters overnight. You could rent it as like an Airbnb. And I had this whole idea that I wanted to go there, um, in the fall, rent it out and, um, and watch the lighthouse in that <laughs> lighthouse. You know, like I thought it would have been so cool. Cause the light, the old lighthouse was, was, you know, was still operating and stuff. Some people so, go new. Some people that go to New Zealand to do the Lord of the Rings walk. You go to a lighthouse. I just, it'd <laughs> just be fun. It would be amazing. Anyways, um, but uh, but yeah. So the music in this is so. The, the name of the guy again? Yeah, it's uh, Mark Corvin. Mark Corvin. All right. So Mark Corvin. Yeah. Now, now I know I have the soundtrack to the lighthouse. I got to see if I have the witch, but I love the music in the lighthouse. So this, that's great. So it's another thing I got to buy. <laughs> it's not, the, I've got to look for the soundtrack to welcome to raccoon city. Now. Um, yeah. so, let me ask you about one thing about Robbie amount. Like we, we, we talked yeah. about, you know, we did talk about him being cast in Marvel and, and I, I brought that up to him. He seems super open to it. Right. He's like, Marvel, call me. I'll come who, who seriously, and you're, you know, you're enough of a fan. Who would you see mm. him playing in a Marvel movie? That hasn't already been done yet. I'd yeah. say Scott Summers. I'd say Scott Summers. In the new X-Men, right? Wouldn't yeah. he? Like the reboot. I mean, I don't know if it's cast yet, but you're right. He would make mm. an amazing Cyclops. He would make an yeah. amazing Cyclops. Well, there you go. So, um, Kevin Feige, if you're listening, and I know you're a big fan of the podcast, Robbie ML. Scott Summers. It's done, sealed, signed and delivered. We gave it to you. You don't even have to give us, just invite us to the red carpet premiere and we're golden, right? Yeah. Cause he also has kind of a, a young voice too. So yeah. I kind of want to see a Cyclops that doesn't seem like he's 30 or 40 years old. I, I want to see a guy who's young enough to be like, why am I still listening to professor Xavier to the letter when it comes to his orders? You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's, it, that's something I really want to see whatever the MCU does. And I think uh, Robbie Mel would be a great Cyclops. If you see Upload and you see Wolverine and the X-Men, you see how disenfranchised he is with just being himself and the team member after uh, the Phoenix saga, then you'll yeah. know in Upload he has the potential to be a dick too. And I think, uh, you know, I think Robbie Mel could be that dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, um, it's been it's been an absolute blast again uh spending time with you chatting uh, all about fun stuff and uh, that's what we do here on the rockman power Hour. but we would not be able to do it if we did not have um great sponsors like we have um and this week we have a really great one playground poker i want to remind you if uh, you are someone who is into poker if you are into slot machines uh this is the place to go and it's only 15 minutes over the bridge from downtown montreal uh just take the mercier bridge and you will find playground poker um 40 poker tables, 500 slot machines, uh, free beverage service to all players, alcoholic or non-alcoholic. And uh, right now, the poker bad beat jackpot promotion is over $500,000. So a lot to be won. Um, they even have a uh, special on Mondays, um, $19 for a uh, prime rib. 10 ounce prime rib and scampi dinner for 19 bucks. Um, and they also pride themselves on incredible customer service. And Ryan and I are going to go check out playground poker 
and um, I, we've been invited. So I'm, I'm excited. We're going to, we're going to be a couple of slots together. We said that last episode. <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, so uh, I, thanks again for hanging out. Uh, we want to thank everybody involved with the show. Of course, um, I want to thank my co-host Ryan Stick. I want to thank our producer, Julia Kajerski. And, uh, and again, our, our sponsor playground poker. Uh, we will see you all again, um, next week. And, um, until then make sure that you, uh, like down below. If you're on YouTube, um, hit the button to, uh, well subscribe and hit the button to be alerted when new episodes pop up. And if you are streaming us on your podcast streaming service, just subscribe and uh, you will be alerted every time a new episode drops. Uh, again, thank you for being here. Um, and we will see you next time.